Welcome to the radio ministry of Cedar Grove United Methodist Church. May God fill you and transform you through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now for some music and then Pastor Brian Bowling.
would like to read Romans 1, 1 through 7. Paul is speaking. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who, through the spirit of holiness, was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who, have lo- who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our gospel reading this morning is from the gospel of Matthew, the first chapter. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever worried about yourself or another person? A couple of you, maybe. Have you ever worried about your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend? Have you ever worried about your children, your grandchildren? or your parent, or your grandparent? Have you ever worried about a neighbor? You ever worried about the state of the country or the world? How about our town? If so, then that proves that you're a human. Because, you see, you're doing what billions of people throughout history have done. Worry about things that we cannot control. For worry, you see is the fear of future grief. Worry is the fear of future grief. But worry is good for the economy. When we worry about things we can't control, that raises our blood pressure. 
And that means that drug companies get to sell us blood pressure medicine. Other companies, they like to sell us acid pills if we worry enough. And then there's the anxiety medicines that other drug companies will sell us, the anti-anxiety medicines. And it isn't only the drug companies that benefit when we worry. You know, there's some estimates that say that over a third of all disease is caused by worry and stress. You keep so many doctors and nurses employed just because you worry. Now, we also support food companies and restaurants when we worry. Who here today has grabbed some chocolate or ice cream, or especially chocolate ice cream, when you were stressed and you worried about something? My favorite is mint chocolate. The behavioral doctors tell us that when we feel upset, when we're worried and stressed, Our bodies tell us to eat something because food generates serotonin, which is a feel-good chemical produced in the intestines, which then flows to the brain and calms us down. And so your local dairy farmers, thank you for worrying. (laughs) Did you notice a year ago, a year or so ago, when weighted blankets were all the rage for Christmas presents? It was to help us with worry. See, heavy blankets, some of them weighing 20 or 30 pounds, gave us that snuggly feeling of safety and comfort that we last had as children when our parents put us in a crib securely wrapped tightly in a blanket or a quilt. It gave us a degree of peace and a freedom from worry. Now, there's also other companies. There are companies that sell peaceful noise generators that will play the sound of falling rain all night in your ear. There's aromatherapy generators and candles that put scents that supposedly relax us. You know, you can even go on YouTube and you can find videos of people who are quietly reading soothing stories which help us to relax and distract us from our worries and fall asleep. But then there's the news. There's the news and the drama shows, the social media companies, the newspapers, every, all these media companies, talk radio, their audience keeps coming back because they tell us things that worry us. They tell us things about what's going on in Washington and around the world and the dangers in our air and our water and our food and our schools. And so we worry and we tune back in to hear more because that adrenaline hormone, that rush that comes from fear is addictive. Our bodies become more alert and more active and our brains wake up when we're worried. That's why you can't fall asleep when you worry. It makes a lot of sense back in the days when that noise at night might be a tiger or a mountain lion creeping around the woods near us. It made sense to worry. But most of our worries today are manufactured worries generated by smart men and women who just want us to tune in for a news update so they can sell more advertising. But you know, worry is not just a modern thing. It's, it's a very, very old problem with people. Joseph was a man in ancient Israel who had become engaged to a young woman, a sweet young girl named Mary in Nazareth. Nazareth was a small village near a large Roman army camp. Joseph, a carpenter, lived in Nazareth probably because he could get work from the Romans and their suppliers. You know how the location of an 
of a town beside an army base makes that town prosperous. But Joseph had a worry. Mary had come to him with this crazy story about an angel of God named Gabriel, a quickening that had come from the Holy Spirit, and she had told Joseph that she was now pregnant. And Joseph knew that he wasn't the father. So who was? For everyone in those days, you know, pretty much everybody was a farmer or, or had grown up on a farm, and they understood exactly how pregnancy happened, what was necessary, and no one had ever considered modern fertility treatments. In that day before antibiotics, certain diseases could be passed around from man to woman to man and be fatal to all. Hence, there was a strong cultural demand that men and women be faithful within marriage, and in particular, women were expected to be virgins at the time of marriage. Furthermore, the Jewish idea of engagement at this time was almost marriage. It meant that the couple would wait till their formal marriage before spending the night with each other. So Joseph was worried. What should he do about Mary? But God had prepared the way. God had told the great prophet Isaiah 800 years before that God would give a sign. The incident that generated this happened with King Ahaz of Judah, who was based in Jerusalem. The king of Damascus and the king of the northern kingdom of Israel had tried to attack Jerusalem with their private armies, but were beaten. So they allied themselves with Ephraim, one of the strong tribes of the northern kingdom. And this frightened King Ahaz of Jerusalem because the the army would be so much bigger. He was worried. Isaiah told Ahaz everything would be fine. And through Isaiah, God told Ahaz to ask God for a sign. Ahaz replied that he would not ask for a sign. He would not test God. And this exasperated Isaiah. So he said... Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah went on to tell King Ahaz that the two enemies would be destroyed in a matter of a year or two. Now, the name Emmanuel means God with us, or literally, with us, God. Emmanuel. But Joseph was worried He was really worried. He was a nice guy, and he didn't want to be nasty to Mary. After all, he planned to marry her. By all Joseph's rights within the law brought down from Sinai by Moses, he had the right to publicly embarrass Mary and even have her stoned to death. Adultery would be the charge. But Joseph was a kind man. His plan, therefore, was to break the engagement quietly, putting her away quietly, as some translations read. He might even give her a a ride to a relative's home in a different town where she could start a new life. Perhaps the child would be adopted, or perhaps Mary would raise that child in the new town. But Joseph would not have to endure the shame and the danger of having a wife that had cheated on him during their engagement. You see, Joseph had a plan. Don't we often have our plans? But God had a different plan, as he often has a different plan for us. 
After worrying over this decision that evening, Joseph made his plan and finally fell asleep that night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. The angel said to him, Joseph, son of David, referring to his great ancestor, King David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name of of Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. Now, the name Jesus is a modernized version of Joshua, which means God is salvation. You'll remember that the original Joshua was the man who led the people into the promised land after the death of Moses. The modern Jesus leads us all into a promised land. Over the centuries, Joshua had changed to Yeshua, which the Romans turned into Jesus. Now, Matthew, the disciple, tells us that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew pointed us back to Isaiah. God had sent a messenger to Joseph, and he'd taken away his fears, and he'd given him peace. He'd taken away all the worry. And Joseph had peace and could relax now. And to Joseph's great credit, he listened to the angel in the dream. So many times when God speaks to us, we don't listen. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do. Mary came home with him as his wife, but he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. In our lives, there are many times when we worry about things that we have little or no control over. Worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. And we try to become little gods with great power by coming up with our plans to handle all of our worries. But you know... Our worry-driven plans almost always cause us harm or someone else harm because we just aren't capable of making those good plans. Most things that we worry about, you know, they don't even happen. After all, how many friends do you have who have been worried for decades about the government coming to take away our guns? How many friends do you have who are worried about a general collapse of civilization, a nuclear war, a civil war, or other such calamity? How many people do you know who have made plans for their spouse to divorce them? And how many people do you know who are worried and have been worried about losing their jobs or their homes or their vehicles? Friends, Proverbs 9.10 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Wisdom comes to us when we finally recognize that God is truly in control. And therefore nothing happens that God is surprised by or could not stop if God thought it was the best thing to do. And we begin to understand 
the things that happen in our lives when we recognize and understand the character of God, which is to love us, to want good for us, and to develop us to be strong people who rely upon God's goodness. God is not standing there ready to punish us. God is standing there wanting to guide us down the right path and to give us peace and hope. And so if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, there is a place for preparation. That comes with wisdom, but there's no place for worry. The wise person who follows Jesus and worships God walks a balanced life. A wise person buys insurance. For you know, houses burn, cars wreck, people die, and life insurance leaves money for our loved ones. But we don't buy flood insurance when we live 100 feet above the river. The wise person keeps a month of food in the house, maybe a few months. We don't keep one day. Around here, most of us buy a generator and keep 5 to 10 gallons of gasoline because, you know, storms happen and the power does go out for days. But we don't store 10,000 gallons of gasoline for that generator. The wise person wears a mask these days in our hospitals, which are filled with COVID and flu and RSV patients. We get our COVID boosters and our flu shots, particularly if we're older. But we don't wear masks when driving in our cars alone, and we don't avoid all people. The wise person who follows Jesus and worships God knows that like Isaiah and Joseph knew, God speaks to us in many ways, and those who are wise learn to recognize the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. And when that gentle voice speaks to us, whether in gentle whispers, or in a roadside sign, or in a dream, or in the words of a sermon, or a godly friend, wise people listen and act accordingly. For you see, there is nothing that leads us away from worry and stress and a sleepless night like knowing that we are doing exactly what God wants us to do. For being in the center of God's will is the ultimate haven of peace. It's a place where we can all feel wrapped up in a snug little blanket in a manger, washed over by the most loving, most powerful, and wisest being in the universe, and nothing bad will happen. As David Jeremiah has said, a man of God, in the will of God, is immortal until his work is done. And then that man will live eternally ever after. The first thing that we want to do when angels visit us, it seems like, is to hit the deck. I've never had an angel visit me that I've been aware of, but I suspect that Seeing him, I would hit the deck. I'd fall on on my belly in fear and trembling. But the first thing that the angels always tell us when they visit is, fear not. And so we should cast aside our security blanket, like Linus does, when he tells us about Jesus' birth and the arrival of the angels. For the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they are our security and our hope, and our peace. It isn't our 401k. It isn't the money in our wallet or in our, or in our mattress. It is God the Father, 
God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit and their character to love us. The sooner we recognize this, the sooner we'll be able to sleep well, lose weight, stop buying extra ice cream, the sooner we'll be able to stop being anxious about anything when we learn that. And we'll be able to stop supporting all those people who make money off of our worries. So trust God. Trust God's angels. But most of all, trust God's Son. Listen to God and God's messengers throughout the year, but particularly at Christmas, for He is speaking all over the place this time of year. And you will have peace. So come to the altar rail today to give God your worries. Take this time to speak quietly to God and to Jesus about what's on your mind, your hurts, your fears, your worries, your needs. Or maybe there is someone else that you need to deeply pray for, someone you want Jesus to help. Don't worry, he will. So come forward and pray while we sing Angels from the Realms of Glory. Methodist Church and Pastor Brian Boley would like to thank you for listening to last week's pre-recorded sermon. Join us live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and on Facebook. We are located on Route 47, a mile and a half east off I-77, just across from WVU Parkersburg campus. Donations may be mailed to Cedar Grove UMC, 168 Old Turnpike Road, Parkersburg, West Virginia, 
1-304-244-2104. Or you can text the word GIVE to 1-304-244-1903. Or visit our website, cedargroveunitedmethodist.org, and click on the Give tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you, and God bless you in your life.